0: Welcome to the Band of Brothers cycling podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to our post-rebaix episode of the Band of Brothers podcast. I'm Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we're going to be joined by Patrick Gamper, who rode and completed his first ever Parry roubaix last weekend. He's had a few days to recover, so we thought now would be the perfect time to have a chat with him to find out all about his Roubaix experience. So Gumpy, thanks for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thank you guys for the
2: invitation. I'm looking forward to the podcast.
0: And as always, I'm also joined by my colleague Andreas Hartmann, so thanks to you as well.
2: Hi Steph, hi Gumpy, nice to have you on the podcast for the first time. Gumpy, first of all, congratulations on finishing your very first Paris Robert. You've crossed the line in place 60. Are you happy with the result, or are you happy generally just to have finished the race?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm I'm very happy with the with the result, although it's uh, only 60th place. Um, but for me, it was kind of a special uh, It Was my first time, and also uh, not the best winter preparation I had before. And coming back from injury made it a bit more special uh, to finish the race, and was a big uh, goal for me uh, during a not so. Nice time in the winter, I thought a lot about the race, and it was also kind of a childhood dream for me to take part even in the race, and uh, so I'm very happy to have crossed the finish line in the velodrome.
0: So we're recording this podcast on Tuesday, you've had a couple of days to recover, how are you feeling still, and are you you aching, are you sore, how are you going?
1: Um, To be honest, I knew before that it's a very tough race, a very demanding race, Um, but I could not imagine that it's so demanding. Uh, yesterday I was uh, not uh, really good to be honest uh, and today still um, the legs of course hurt but also my body is, is sore and uh, feel my back. Um, it's for sure not the most healthiest thing to do. Um, but yeah, surprisingly I have no blisters on my hands uh, which was my biggest concern. Um, So, at the moment, it's still the the lower back that uh, is the sorest thing in my body.
2: How have you experienced your very first Paris-Roubaix? Did you have any expectations, like from a young age, for example, when you watched the race on TV? Um, And how was the reality now compared to your your expectations? It was very hard, actually,
1: um, to imagine how the race would feel and would be like. Um I just have all the memories from my childhood that I always enjoyed this race watching the most. Um, I still remember that we used to have uh, a kids race on this Sunday. Uh, and I always made my dad really hurry uh, to get back home and watch the final kilometers of Paris-Roubaix. Uh, and still be able to, to see some uh, some winning moves uh, and and see all the heroes on TV. And I've also watched it uh, in 2018 live after under twenty three Tour of Flanders, um, and it was always like kind of a dream to take part of the race because all the the guys participating they they seem to be real warriors. Um, but still, I tried like to go into the race without any expectations about um, about uh, a place or. Or what the race would would be for me because it's uh, difficult to to um uh to expect something from a race where you have so much influences that you cannot really um do anything with crashes and punches and that stuff um so I just try to go out, do my best, and enjoy it the most possible. Have you heard
2: any crazy stories about the race from other riders or teammates? Oh, I heard really a lot
1: of crazy stories before. It is, um, it makes you feel a bit like scared and wonder what you're going to do on that Sunday, to be honest. Um, because, like, it's, it's a race no, like no other, and, and you hear like all the, the big stories, of course, from, from the guys who are winning it, but also, like, I think each rider can tell you like a different story from that race. And it feels like you have 180 races, but actually it was just one race on, on that Sunday. And uh, I think that's also the, the beauty of that race. Um, like I heard stories from spectators stealing bikes from, from uh, after a bike change. I heard stories from like coming back after five crashes. I heard so many different stories.
2: And uh, yeah, it makes it also a bit nervous, to be honest. <laughs> and did uh, did all those stories fit the... Uh... To your personal experience now um, I can confirm now after my first participation that it is a crazy race.
1: Um, it is there is so much going on in this race it's really unbelievable. you have like 260 K but it's never boring and time is flying actually because you're always busy and there is always going something on um, but to be honest I had I had a very good race. I had one puncture in the after the last sector our second last sector, um, and that was it for me. So I had no crash, I, I had really smooth race, um, which I'm very happy about. So I just could give it give it uh, my best and like just empty the tank uh, until the finish line. And uh, I'm very happy that I had the chance to do that. And for me, the best thing about it was that even though I was then dropped in the end, but I, I could really enjoy the race and enjoy the spectators cheering on us Um, And that was, for me, a real uh, good experience.
0: Now, you mentioned this nervousness that you had in the lead up to the race because of all these crazy stories that you heard from your teammates. I'm curious, when you did the recon beforehand on the Thursday, did that take away some of the nervousness that you felt? Of course, a recon is never going to be the same as a race situation. Or did it have the opposite effect and kind of provide more tension? Because then you realize this is real, I'm really going to do this race uh
1: it definitely did not take away any tension. it was more building up it because <laughs> when we did the recon, uh all the couples were covered in mud, it was wet, it was slippery, and I could not imagine to race uh, in conditions like this, and I was just hoping and praying that the couples would dry up which they what they eventually did hope <laughs> luckily um But yeah, it was when you see the roads, like how small they are, even like the lead into the couples. uh, I was getting a bit like nervous and thought like this is going to be a real mess on Sunday. Uh, And it was Um, and yeah, it it is it is strange to describe somehow also, because this race is not only special for spectators, but also for us riders, because um, for sure you have a lot of race days in, in the year, in your career and you can get easily into kind of a routine and it's not like we would be especially nervous before uh, before races anymore Um, because we are kind of used to it it's our job it's our our daily life Um, but at this race you can feel like a special tension uh, within the riders group within within the staff within mechanics Um, everybody tries to give it their best and and
2: yeah has this tension before the the race even starts there are some Roubaix veterans on the team like Niels or Marco for example which tips have you got from your teammates and from them ahead of the race um,
1: unfortunately Niels was a bit sick before the race um so he did uh, not not join our group um, the few days before the race um, to avoid any any sickness for the other riders uh, but I talked a lot with Marco Halla and it was his 10th time already now uh, doing the race which is pretty impressive and he had some good results, he won the race with, with Colbrelli uh, two years ago um, so he really knows about the race and has a lot of, um, a lot of knowledge uh, how to approach it and I was very, very glad that he, he spoke openly with me and gave me a lot of advice. It was, uh, for example, you can always have a look on on the view on the roadbook. You can see the road also in real, but uh, for example, he told me it's the one crucial point already, 10K before the first sector because the road narrows and uh, you have to be right in front there, otherwise you have no chance to enter somehow in front. Uh, That's like small details um, that that you cannot see on any website or roadbook. Um, that's just experience uh, that helped me really a lot.
0: And so in addition to talking with your teammates to get tips for the race, what was your preparation like for Roubaix in terms of training or specific things that you did in training in the lead up to the race or even during the winter months?
1: Um, Yeah, a bit of a funny question now for me actually because uh, in the winter months normally uh, all the riders are really already full gas preparing doing training camps uh trying to get in the best possible shape to this to this race uh, because this this race here like robert and also the weeks before in in belgium uh for classics riders most important uh period in the year but for me my winter looked a bit different i had a crash uh last october in münsterland giro and i ripped my my ligaments in my right hand uh, of the thumb uh, had to perform surgery and unfortunately also second surgery Um, and it took me then until end of january to get rid of a full cast Uh, so i spent the whole winter on the rollers on the TT bike and had kind of special preparation for this for this year and i started to ride outdoors doing properly trainings only by the 1st of february so a bit more than two months ago Um, and from that point on it was somehow like uh, uh, trying to speed up the preparation um, and trying to get still in the best possible shape to this sunday here uh, which worked out actually quite well or surprisingly well uh, in hindsight Um, because uh, that was also why
2: I could not have any expectations with my preparation. Besides the physical preparation for the race, the bike setup is a really big topic there. Which adjustments had to be made on your Roubaix bike? Saddle, double tape on handlebars, things like that.
1: Um, We are really lucky in the team to have specialized as as equipment partner, um, because the setup is already so good that there is very little room for improvement for each rider. Um, I used the Robert bike as you said and it, it is already that high level um that I just copied the position of my road bike. Um, and then I didn't even use uh, I didn't even use the double tape uh on the handlebar, I just went with normal handlebar. Um and then the only thing that remains uh, to improve is the tire pressure. Um and I think we got that pretty right because we had, uh, we had some some punctures that are only unavoidable, but I think still we did we did it quite good. Um, and that's the tire pressure is also quite something individual um, for each for each rider. Um, and for me, as it was my first time in Roubaix, I also relied on the experience of of Nils and Marco, especially um, who did already some some testing and of course had the race experience with these tires from last year. Uh, Where well, the sim uh, we had similar conditions than this year, um, so I just uh, relied on their experience, and and then the setup was already complete. Um, that's the thing that actually you don't do a lot of tweaks before the race because all the preparation goes already in the months and years before. So the first time I tried these tires was uh, already a year ago at the tire testing I did for Specialized. Um, so this was one year ago already that we started to, to think about the tire pressure um, and yeah, improve all the details on the bike. And then you try to come with the setup already done uh, to the race. So you just hop on the bike and are ready to
2: go more or less. For all the tech geeks out there, how low did you go? Or is it a, is it a well-kept secret on the team?
1: Um, I I think I'm allowed to tell you um, I used four point three and four point five uh, bar in my in my tires. Um, technically, you could go even lower. Um, the thing is, just you have to balance grip and performance on cobbles with the risk of punctures. Uh, because when you go lower, then you have no chance at all to survive the the forest of Ardenberg. Um, because you would just hit your rims uh, all the way long and end up with uh, maybe a few punctures even in, only in that section.
0: So moving a bit from the tech of the race to tactics, can you give us a bit of an idea about your specific role for the team that you played in the race on Sunday?
1: Uh, for me, my personal role was, uh, I'm always a domestic helper in the race, um, which is not so easy in this one. Uh, because first first of all you have to survive by yourself to be even in the race and in the mix um, but my my goal was to Have a look for the breakaway make sure that uh, we make it into the breakaway if it is myself or some of the other guys it didn't really matter um, Because we wanted to get ahead of the race uh, and not get uh, called out by any other teams Um we worked out pretty well uh, and then my my goal was or my task was to bring the guys into the first sectors and then also into the sector before Allenberg, um, which I managed to do. And I'm pretty happy about that.
0: So as you mentioned, uh, Nils Pollitt became sick before the race. How did that affect the team's tactics in the race itself? And did you already have something of a plan B that you would have to implement?
1: Yeah, as you said, we. We didn't start the race in in full strength because snees got sick and he was obviously with his second place uh, in 2019, one of the big contenders, uh, but the sickness like uh, played a big part in, in yeah the tactics also. And then was also the rest of the guys were uh, not at their best and still recovering from the unfortunate crash in Tour of Flanders. Um, so... We had to make up some yeah we had to be flexible in the race, uh and that's why also we tried to go in the breakaway uh to be ahead of the race and and then do the best possible we can um from from the bunch and stay with the best uh but yeah, we had to admit already before the race that we are not in full strength, and we knew kind of that we possibly it was kind of yeah. Uh, would be a big surprise if somebody of us could could stay in the wheel of, of Van Aert if he goes full flat out. Uh, because we just started with a bit of a disadvantage, I guess.
2: Um, you've already told us that Sunday was obviously a very tough day. Uh, on the bike. But if you could pick one moment, which was the toughest moment of the race on Sunday?
1: Oh, that's that's hard to say because you just basically you guess you get to this race and you know already you go full gas for five and a half or six hours um but for me it was for me the hardest moment was also was also allenberg and to be honest because um because my job started already before so i had to go full already before these sections and and i go into the sections at my limit actually already um and then it's hard like to push through because you know you cannot get dropped there because if you get dropped there you're out of the race anyway um, so it was just like doing my job as best as I can and then back into survival mode. Um, but survival mode is actually not that funny for, for Forrest-Fahrenberg, to be honest.
0: And now tell us, what was your absolute favorite memory during the race, if you can pick one?
1: Um, sounds a bit strange now, but for me, the favorite memory was when I was dropped then in the end, uh, was the first time like I had time to like take a look up and not focus on the on the back wheel of the man in front of me and just enjoy and and yeah recognize actually also all the spectators who are cheering there and i hear people shouting even my name and then you see the passion of the fans for this race and this was also the exact same spot i was watching the race a few years ago with my with my parents so this was actually also a nice memory there um this was this was a good moment for me also to Recognize and and see then, uh, where I am and um, all the way I
2: I had to go until uh, I could finally be part of this race. My favorite memory was uh, when I got dropped. It's something you won't hear very often from a pro cyclist, I think.
1: No, no, it sounds it sounds strange, but it yeah, it made made it somehow possible like, uh, to. To enjoy all 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 the fans along, and then it was also the, the the way like I was also hoping to be honest to finish the race because it's not uh, not an easy race to finish. Um, it's not sure before the start if you can perform if you can finish the race, and I did both. Um, and it was also the way the moment like I I realized okay now I've I've made it. There's like 10k left. One easy couple section left, and I I will make it to the velodrome. I did my job as as good as I can. I performed pretty well, um, so that was that was a nice moment for me.
2: And then in the end, that moment when you enter the velodrome, can you describe that feeling? It looks like everyone is fighting until the finish line, like in no other race, um, even when it's a sprint for position thirty or forty.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh... You don't see it very often in other races that pro cyclists would sprint for place 30, 40 or even 50. Um, But in this race, I think everybody is then proud to tell uh, his friends, family at home, I did Paris-Roubaix and finished on uh, whatever place. Uh, And it's, it's really fighting until the line for everybody. I think this is also one of the few races where you see people really fighting to get to the finish and even if they are out of time limit they don't mind they they keep on riding Uh, whereas in any other race probably you would just go to the bus and have the shower as soon as possible but here everybody tries to fight for the finish um, as as hard as they possibly can Um, so you can also see which prestige this race has within within the peloton Um, and it it was it was very nice moment to get to the velodrome and and you know that how many guys finished before you on this velodrome how many years ago already they started to to finish here uh and it's it's a very nice moment then to have this relief that you've made it to the finish that you've done your job um, and also the relief that the pain is over uh, although actually i have to say it just starts there because when you relax then in the velodrome and and uh you can breath a bit uh or you just recognize how much your body is hurting, actually.
0: So when you say things like that, it's no wonder that uh, Van der Poel, uh, made a quote after the race in which he said that he has this intense dislike of Roubaix. But then after he won, which is understandable, he came to like it a little bit more. Can you tell us what's your relationship now with this race, after your first encounter with it, do you think similarly to what he said after he won the race, or what's your personal experience now with it? This love-hate relationship. I
1: can definitely uh, understand him why he said it, uh, and I can I can also say for myself, it's it is a strange feeling because you have it's just a lot of pain, and it's it's not a nice race actually to do because it's yeah it's crazy rude and it's crazy what you do to your body and not especially comfortable i have to i have to admit um but still you have so many good feelings you have you you enjoy it then on the other hand so much and yeah i think it it comes down to this uh to this weird thing that all professional cyclists have like you somehow enjoy also the pain and you really embrace it and uh because it's also not much joy if you do uh Uh, 5,000 altitude meters climbing stage in the Tour de France Uh, so uh, there's also a lot of pain Uh, it's just that Roubaix is a bit more of pain maybe and a different kind of pain Uh, but it's definitely this love hate relationship Um, but for me it is I came to the velodrome I was in a lot of pain I was not really good like everybody was everyone was like cheering at me but still like everything was hurting in my body Um, but I also thought like, after crossing the line, I want to do this race again and I want to come back, definitely.
2: Okay, so finally, can this race be a highlight for you in the future?
1: Uh, I think so, I think so, yeah, because it, it suits my abilities quite quite well. Um, I I've thought so already before, because but obviously you never know until you've really done the race. Um, it it is it is good for my type of of riding uh, for my riding style and and uh, yeah obviously I had not the best preparation with my injury in the winter uh, but still I could stay in the main bunch for quite a long time and yeah let's say until twenty k to go uh, be part of the final be part of the race uh, so I think if I come to this race in a good shape uh, with the experience I made now. I think it could be a race I can, I can do as a result one day. Um, and that's that's a good feeling uh, to to come out of this first Roubaix with.
0: And now that Roubaix is done, what can we expect you to be doing next? Which are your next races that you can tell us about?
1: Um, for me, it's now as I started the season a little bit later outdoors. Uh, I will go on a bit now uh, and try to help the guys in Amsterdam Gold Race and Flash Wallon and start then in uh, uh, Frankfurt uh, on the 1st of May, Um, that's the plan for now and yeah, then then we'll see how it goes on. Uh, Usually it's planned to do then uh, a bit of a break, uh, recover a bit and build up the shape again and uh, start then again with Tour of of Norway. Um, But first of all I think we'll take one or two days off now, Uh, still do only short rides and try to get ready on Sunday for the next big one.
0: Okay, so thanks very much for taking the time out of your Roubaix recovery to chat to us today. I'm sure our listeners gained a few interesting insights into what it was like to actually do the race. Um, so thanks very much, Gumpy.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks
2: for, for welcoming me.
0: And uh, Andreas, thanks to you as well, as always.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And uh, thanks for taking the time, Gumpy. See you in frankfurt thank you looking forward to it already
0: and as usual a big thanks to our listeners as well for joining us we trust you enjoyed our special Roubaix episode and be sure to stay tuned for the next one